Welcome back to another episode of Some Seminarians. Glad you're joining us today. My name is David Chaco, and I'm joined today by Luis Horacio and Rafael Becerra. And today we're going to be talking about the Bible and what Catholics believe about the Bible. And I think this is such an important topic for us as Catholics because the Second Vatican Council really encourages us as Catholics to dive into the scriptures. But I think a lot of Catholics still kind of have a, a fr- are afraid about the Bible, that maybe um, the Protestant friends know, know their Bible, but we Catholics don't. Um, why is the Bible important for us as Catholics? Well, for me, one of the greatest, greatest things in the Bible is that it is a big letter of love from God to us. So when we go to read the Bible, it's like if we were reading a very beautiful letter of love for us. Imagine that we are in love with somebody and that person is writing us a letter. And it is an special, they are special words to us to show us how the person loves us. For me, that is amazing to know that God has written by certain persons, has written a letter, a big letter of love for me, and that, that, that letter is not just, there is not just a letter. That letter is the word of Jesus Christ. The, the word of God is the word which is alive, which brings me into the life of Jesus and give me life and give me answers for the, what I am passing through at that particular moment, every, every time when I go to the, to the scripture. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned something very, very important. So for me, particularly, the Bible is the history of salvation. Mm. We found in the Bible everything that we need in order to be safe, or to, you know, to, 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 to be in heaven with, with, with God. So we can see the Bible not only like a, a book itself, but also something greater that a book. So it's the history of human uh, relationship with God, Amen. which like is that. beautiful. This is beautiful. Yeah. And I like what you said, how it's a letter from God, because God, that means God has spoken to us in human language. It's, 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 he's made himself accessible to us. And I think that is like a really good point of departure for us when we talk about the Bible, uh, because it reminds us that ultimately the word of God is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God become into our human flesh. He's become human so that we can access God. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is this written testimony, primary and privileged testimony to Jesus and to how God is work has been working through human history to lead us into access with him. And imagine that the and in ancient cultures they had gods which were created by them. And those gods were too far from them, too far they couldn't access to them. And how can they understand understand those gods where it was very difficult? Mm -hmm. Now we have a testimony, a witness, written witnesses, witness of God, the presence of God who is there, who has been there through the whole history of humanity and who is being accessible for us to know about him. He's revealing himself, and that revelation is right there, written for us, and we can access to that revelation, and we can feel God very close to us. It's not a God who is too far from us, someplace, somewhere, which we cannot access. No, if we go to the the scriptures, right, right there is God, right there is present, and we can witness what the other persons 
fell or passed from God and the God with them. So that is amazing for me. And what is the best way to, to go to to hear or to listen about the, the scriptures when we go to Mass? Mm -hmm. God is yeah. speaking us through yeah. the scriptures and telling us what he wants us to understand. Maybe if we are seated in the pews in the Mass, you will understand something and God will speak to you in a different way through the same scriptures because the scripture is alive. It's God who is there, who is in the scripture. Yeah, you, you mentioned something very important. The scripture and the Bible is alive. So it means that we can interpret that in our days using things that happened many, many years ago. So, but for me, also something very important is in the Bible we can see a God of love for, for humanity. Uh, particularly, uh, I like, for example, the creation in Genesis when God created humanity in his image. Mm. Uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because that's when amazing. yes, because when you mention something about the gods in the ancient world, they have different gods, but our God He created human human being in His image. In His image, it means that He wants a special connection with us. Yes, it means we are already like right. God. Right, and that that reminds me of that 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 famous story of the fall in Genesis three, where the serpent is tempting uh, Adam and Eve to say, oh. You know, if you eat this fruit, you'll be like gods. But, uh, in, but they're already like God yeah. because they were made in his image and likeness. And God said they were very good. So that, that's a, such a beautiful reflection. Um, one other thing that I think is important to remember is although the Bible is, like we said, a love letter from God, we have to remember it didn't just come down as a book all put together. Like we said, it's been written. It's been written by peoples over generations, centuries, thousands of years even, and at different times, uh, different parts of history, where people had different kinds of expression. Some people in the Bible, some parts of the Bible are poetry. Other parts of the Bible are narrative. Other parts of the Bible are songs. And so I think uh, it's important to kind of keep this in mind that the Bible is like a library of, right. of different, co a collection of different writings with different purposes, but they all have a united, a, together they have a united purpose to point us to a relationship with God. And the history of salvation as well. Amen. Yes, I think that you are, you are saying some very important point for me. Some of us, we can mistaken by thinking that, oh, the Bible was given from God Directly, here is a book with a with the <laughs> bookmark. Here's the book. Just read it. Read it. That, that didn't happen in that way. Well, we know for sure that the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but certain people has have had written it. So those people had their own limitations, their own culture. Even though it was inspired by by the Holy Spirit, they. The final author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit, the final Bible, the final author. But those who written 
the hagiographies, hagiographies. I think that is the correct nom, na, name for those who wrote the Bible. Those, those the sacred those, authors. Yes, yeah, the sacred authors. Yes. Well, they had their own limitations. They are the only limitation in knowledge in their culture. Maybe the waiting will. They will like to. They will like to write. Is a poetry, and those those characters that they are speaking about, right. they exaggerate certain characteristics of, or they made that story more beautiful written in in the sense that those who will read, who will write, who will read these 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 letters, they will understand certain in certain way that the authors were interested in. Right, and also they have limitation with the. With the supplies to read, to make the Bible. So, for example, it's not like in our days we have paper, we have books. They 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 didn't. They didn't have it. That kind of thing. So, and then they also were living in a time where like they didn't know maybe the same. They didn't have the same idea of the world like right. cosmology. cosmology. Um, they didn't have the right same idea about like the the Earth revolves around the sun, and so I think some of those controversies about biblical interpretation and trying to understand the Bible super literally um, come from us actually not honoring how the Bible was written, you know, according to certain people writing at certain times with certain knowledge. And that reminds me of a personal story that I have with the Bible um, that I think is is really a helpful example for us as Catholics because um, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, my older brother read a book called The God Delusion by oh. Richard Dawkins, and he's a, he's a prominent, like, militant atheist. And he basically says in that book, oh, like, why would you want to believe in the God of the Bible? Um, there's so much violence in the Old Testament, um, and it seems like God in the Bible is just an angry God, and he's very capricious. He just changes his mind and gets angry whenever and ca calls people to do violence. And why would you want to believe in that kind of a God? And so my older brother, after reading that, was, his faith was really shaken. And he said, I don't think I believe in God anymore. And he, became, and he said, I'm going to become an atheist. Hmm. And that was a struggle for me because I really looked up to my older brother. But at the same time, I knew from growing up that, oh, well, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe in a God of love and mercy. So how do I reconcile these two things? Um, and I also believe, the, like the Catholic Church teaches, that there's not a different God in the Old Testament uh, and in the New Testament, it's the same God. So this was a struggle for me, but actually going through this struggle and going through these questions actually helped me learn more and grow deeper in my faith and my understanding of what we believe about the Bible, which is that the, the Old Testament is not saying that this is exactly how God wanted everything to happen. No, in fact, the Old Testament is the story of God's relationship with humanity, with Israel in particular, and how Israel um, was continually struggling to know and to understand that God is a God of mercy, that God is a God of love, that there's only one God and not multiple gods. And so God was continually making covenants, continually reaching out to them, continually leading them. And sometimes they thought they were following God's will, and maybe they weren't. And so that's why it, it, when we get to the New Testament, it's it's Jesus builds on this progressive understanding, and, and then we finally have the fullness of revelation in Jesus. So we can't reject the old, 
but we have to recognize that it was a preparation for the new. For me, it's also about when we read the Bible, it's also about our disposition, our oh, yeah. attitude before the Bible. I can be with a closed heart and I won't understand anything and I will think maybe in that, such a way that I say, why this kind of violence in the Bible? Why this God who is very violent and who changed his mind? But what about the thing in this way? How amazing is this story in which we can read in the Old Testament how God was trying to approach to make a new covenant and a new covenant because humanity, because the Israelite people, absolutely, they couldn't understand at that moment what it does mean to have just one God. What it does mean that God was rebelling to them. What it does mean that God was trying to make a covenant with them. Mm. Oh, it's a different God. It's a God which we have a relationship. That relationship is about Him who is the creator of heaven and earth and us. I am very limited. I think that they take, took time, it took time for them yeah. to understand. And that's why they're in their human nature. And also in that culture, they spend too much time and they betray and betray and betray and betray again and again and again. But we can read for sure that God was approaching again and making a new covenant and approaching again and making a new covenant. So we can see it is not about the faults of, of the, those Israelite people. Yeah. It's about how God was always able to make a new covenant, to reshape that relationship with humanity. And he gave always the first step yes. to reach humanity. Taking the initiative, never abandoning, always purifying their understanding, yeah. more, little by little. Right. Talking about histories, really, with the Bible, I remember in my, in my house, in my, my family, we always had a Bible open. In my mm. house, when I you like go to that. my house, just you see a Bible open, but particularly in Psalm 91, 91, because it's about protection, say mm. something about protection, and it was very interesting because in my house, when we go to the school of you know the war, something my mom always said, "Well, pray the Psalm 91 because it's for your protection." Mm. So. Here is, the, is, is, is a different history when you, you say about the experience with your brother. Here uh, we have another perspective. The Bible also as a source of protection for us. Amen. As a source of something that, that is very, very important. So, and and it, it was the image that they have about the Bible. Yeah. So the Bible as a protection. So, and... I like how you bring that up, how each one of us, yeah. maybe from our family or from some time of prayerful reading, we, we find a passage or a book that is like consolation for us, that is protection for us. Um, or we have a favorite passage. Even though the whole Bible is inspired by God, there's like some parts that speak directly to us in a special way. Yes, I remember in my, in my childhood seeing some members of my family. In my family always, in my house always was a Bible maybe two or three of them. And when they have certain struggles or when they want to, to read the Word of God, they just went to the Bible, opened the Bible, in whichever place it chose. <laughs> <laughs> so they read and they said, I remember I, I have this as a funny, a funny way to read the Bible because they open as a, have you, have you heard about the horoscopes or those kind of things? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. Which... They don't make sense, just the stars, 
tell you this for today. Mm-hmm. They don't last to make sense. And, like and many people <laughs> believes, believe right. in that. So I imagine that this kind of way to read the Bible is like that. What does God want to tell me today? They open the Bible, whichever place, and say, oh, God is telling me today this and this. I don't think that is the most correct way to read the Bible. But it was funny because I learned in that way. When I went to the seminary, I relearned how to do it in a correct way. Well, the Bible is a... Uh, is a library is a library of books from God and it has its order order to read it maybe we can start by the gospels mm. and then to the Old Testament and then there is a way to read the Bible but and also God is telling us something in his in his in his words every day during mass there is a specific way to to fool the, the whole history of humanity certain in certain periods when we go to daily masses or on Sunday masses. So if we want to know about the what is God telling me that particular day, you go to read the, the readings of the day. Yeah. And that will be an amazing way in which God will so, tell you something particular for you. For those who are listening this podcast right now, do you think, guys, that we need to to have like an order to read the Bible, like a, beginning with the Genesis or the or the Gospel, as you mentioned already. That a good way is to start with the Gospel. Do you think that we people must follow something or an order to read the Bible, or just well, uh, one think? way I, that I like what Rafa brought up is start if you really don't know where to start. Start by reading the the readings at Mass. Okay. Because um, I think that's a good way because it shows. Usually we have an Old Testament reading, but then always like a New Testament reading and a Gospel reading. And it's showing that connection, that progression. Um, To kind of bookend my brother's story, now um, he's no longer an atheist. In fact, he asked me to be the godfather for his son who was baptized um, a couple years ago when he was born. And and I think what what helped him was that realizing, as it says at the beginning of the letter to the Hebrews, Mm -hmm. um, in times past, God spoke in partial and various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, who is the exact imprint of his being and the very fullness of his glory. So I think if we remember that Jesus is the fullness of revelation, that can give, that's kind of the key that we need to unlock the Bible. So I, I do agree, if, if someone opens the Bible and doesn't know where to start, probably the Gospels. Start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. And then... Uh, like we pray here at the seminary, we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, which is most, most of the time the Book of Psalms. That's, those are the prayers that Jesus himself prayed growing up. So I think Psalms is another good place to go after the Gospels. Yes, I think that the Bible is about Jesus. It's about Jesus because Jesus is God and because Jesus is the Son of God who was sent to save us. And Jesus is latent is present in the Old Testament, and all the Old Testament is about this relationship from God with his children, and is because of Jesus. Jesus will come. He is the Messiah who will come to save us, to die for us, and to resurrect for us. So the Old Testament is, is 
about talking about Jesus, the Messiah, who is coming. He bringing is salvation. bringing salvation. And then mm. is Jesus came on earth. And the Gospels speak about Jesus. It's about the story of Jesus, how he was born and how he grew up and how he announced the, the kingdom of heaven and how he performed many miracles and how he... Uh, suffer his passion, death, and then he resurrected for us. And then is about the apostles, the life of the apostles. But everything is about Jesus Christ. I think that it is a very good way to start with the Gospels because it's about Jesus. Mm. Jesus in, in who the revelation itself comes to its fulfillment. Jesus is the fulfillment of the revelation, the law, and the prophets. And I liked how you brought up, uh, speaking about um, the Psalms as the prayers that Jesus prayed, you brought up how the, um, before, we, before we had this podcast, we were talking about how the Psalms really speak to human experience. Can you right. talk a little bit more about that? Yes. Uh, well, particularly during this, this year, I have been praying with the Psalms, using the Psalms as a source of spirituality, a source of, you know, the increase my relationship with God. And I have seen that we, we have everything related with the human experience with God. So we have uh, the gratitude. We have moments in the, we say, why? Where, where are you, God? Where are you? Where are you? I have different struggles. I have problems, issues. I, 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 I don't see you. This is, this is re reflected in the, in the Psalms and also in the, in the history, in the, in the Bible. So... I think we can use the Bible as a source of spirituality for us. Oh, definitely. How we can connect uh, the, those histories that we, we read, we read in the Bible, how can we use that in our own experience, in our times, in our daily life. So that's, that's amazing. Uh, this year, particularly, I read about, uh, for example, the book of Numbers. Mm, yeah. And... I always say, well, the book of Numbers is, is like uh, the history of the people of Israel in the wilderness, yes, the desert. Yes. But I understood something different. Is the human uh, attitude, the human tendency to complain. Mm. We complain about, about different things. We complain about, uh, you know, everything sometimes. So, and in the book of Numbers, we can see that. The people of Israel complaining about about God, complaining about Moses, complaining about <laughs> you know everything, and the response of Moses as well at that complaints is that not is not also the human relationship with God, but also we can learn our own limitation. For example, about leadership. Is that beautiful? Yes. Imagine what pressure they could feel. Right. They were out of the out of Egypt in the desert for forty years. Mm. Those generations were were growing up when they has that promise to come to the promised land. Imagine that they were in the desert, despair, and they get got anxious because of that situation, particular situation, because they didn't see they didn't see the full scene that God was seen on them. God wanted to purify them. Right. And I want to, to say this. 
maybe about those particular times in our lives when we are suffering, when we are struggling, or when we have different situations which are very stressful, we feel that way as those persons in that time in the Bible. And if we go to the Bible and we read, maybe we can identify with those characters or mm. with those situations. We can say, well, what is the teaching here? The teaching here is that God was with them, even though they weren't able to recognize the whole situation. God was with them. So God maybe be with me and right. it's true God is with me in this particular situation he will give me me yeah. give me give me what I need for this moment it is a experience of conversion I, yeah. I guess and I think um, that exact same example of like the Israelites leaving Egypt and going through this period in the desert in the book of numbers it's like it's so powerful how it applies to our whole life right mm -hmm. now right. as Christians we have just as the Israelites passed through the Red Sea And, and left slavery, we, uh, the church, you know, we, we go to church and we hear these readings and we realize, oh, we've been, we've passed through the waters of baptism. We've left the slavery of sin, but we're still waiting for the arrival of the promised land. Right now, we're living in this time of, as pilgrims on the way to the promised land of heaven. And so are we going to be like the Israelites and grumble against God? Or are we going to remember all the times in our life how he saved us? how he's been with us. And so that's how we see how the, uh, the, our relationship with God and Jesus now is, is already present there in like a hidden way in the Old Testament. And I think that's, that's so powerful. Yes, I like, uh, in another point, I like how you mentioned this and it comes to mind to me, how Matthew, for instance, wrote his gospel. He wrote a gospel in which he wants us to be like if he, we were in that scenes that he's written. And he wants us to become a disciple in that moment or become a, one of the characters wow. which are there, who are there. So for me, it's very interesting how when I am re reading the Bible, just to try to, to, to take the place of those characters who are, who are there, What if I were Jesus in this particular situation? How I will see those who are before me? Or what about if I were, if I take the, the place of this disciple, of this person who, who is in need in asking to Jesus, what will I do in this situation before him? And if we take those characters and we put our lives in, uh, in that, those places, maybe we can have this richness of what they the experience with God and how they were fulfilled, their needs were met, and maybe we can, God can meet our needs and we can feel that fulfillment in by reading, reading the, the reading, the, the Bible. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So I think just to kind of summarize, because we're getting towards the end here, is yeah. like when we read the Bible, we have to remember to take each story, each part of the Bible in context, in the context which was written. And also remember that not everything in the Bible is meant to be like an example for us. Like we said, some, like you said in the book of Numbers, the Israelites were complaining against God. We're, that doesn't mean we're supposed to complain. Um, or sometimes like the King David, he was a great guy, but he also did some bad things. So not everything is supposed to be an example for us. Rather, it's supposed to be like a mirror, Like you said, it's a mirror for us. Like, oh, do I see my own weaknesses? Do I see my own, the, the struggle of the human, of human nature? And 
this tension between what I want and what God wants. Absolutely. And then finally, it's leading. It's it's a it's a story. A, it's a it's a library that together is a, the story of the progressive growing in relationship with God to its fullness in Jesus Christ. In a very simple way to know a little bit more about the Bible and what it means to say, what is the real meaning, we can go to the exegesis, exegesis which is in the Bible. In the New American Bible here in the United States, there is a great exegesis that we can go to we can read the passage and then we can go to the footnotes or before the chapter and there is the explanation that can situate us in the in the context and in that way we can understand a little bit more how it was written what is the meaning of those uh, those words and in that way we can have another source for understanding the Bible. Those are very, very yeah, well very, written introductions in the New American Bible yeah, by yeah. the bishops. Wow, like that, it's very, very clear. Yeah, it really helps me with my understanding. Yeah, so, well, thank you all so much for joining us today as we explore the Bible and the meaning of the Bible for us as Catholics. And uh, I want you guys to subscribe and like for more great content like this. And please talk to others about our podcast, Some Seminarians. All right, God bless you, and thank you for watching. Thank you.